Are we rolling right now? Oh, we are. Wow. I was waiting until we got through this thought, <laughs> and then I was going to be like, and here we are. All right. <laughs> because here's the thing. Um, we've already been in here for 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, and at some point, you know, I don't want to let good things slip yeah, by. Yeah, slip by. I got you. Because then it's yeah. awkward to bring back up. Yeah, okay. Right? So, yeah. Uh, hi, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand how it works. I hit the button early just to see if we had some good thoughts. Yeah. So, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Performance Group or Performance University Podcast, 10 Rules of Business Podcast. I am joined by Mr. Tyler Bradfield of BHX Creative. You guys may already know the name because he was on an earlier episode back when we were still the Performance Group Podcast. And at the time, he was with a business partner who was underage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he um, was. So, yeah, so now that he's 18, Tyler got rid of him. Um, no, I'm just kidding. That's a that's a harsh way to say that. Dirty joke. Um, no, Jack is, um, he's at Butler with the Lilly Scholarship. Yep. You know, he's doing just, quite well for himself, actually. He's doing really good. Yeah. It's uh, everything we thought he would be. And he more. Is, yeah, he's, he's doing. Now, he's, I mean, he's only, I think, three years out of high school at this point. Yeah, he's just a kid. Yeah, but I would not be shocked if you see that guy run for some sort of big office someday, whether he was, it's on a um, state level yeah. or, or, or even beyond that. He was part of Todd Young's campaign. Yeah, he's still, from my knowledge, he's still doing that as an intern. Um, but, yeah. Smart does, kid. Does a lot of digital content for that side. And that's that's ultimately where he wanted his career to go. Um, we benefited quite quite a lot from each other. I mean, yeah. without him, I, you and I would not be talking right now. And where my, my life trajectory has taken me, I'm very thankful for him. And I, I would hope that he would say the same about me. I mean, what we did here, in many ways, got him a Lilly scholarship and, and the direction he's going now. But, yeah, at the time, I was, I was thinking about this on the drive-in, too. The last time that we talked, I was working a W-2 job. I was all right on the verge of quitting it uh, because of what we had, what we had started to build. And um, do you remember this? You got COVID. Or you I, tested positive. I tested right positive after. right after our interview. And I yeah. texted you guys and said, hey, sorry, I have COVID. Yeah, it was the greatest thing ever because it allowed me to have two weeks out of the W-2 job to work on the business more right before I made the leap of faith. But, yeah, I was just having that, like, everything that was what? November of 2020, October of 2020 time frame? Yeah, probably pretty doggone close to that. I mean, I, I was just on the drive here thinking about what all has changed since that time. And most most of it for the good. And I was a little bit of a walk down memory lane. I'm not sure if anybody can extract wisdom or knowledge off of our conversation. But if anything, I've benefited just by showing up, by having that walk this morning as we drove here. Um, you know, thinking back over what all has happened over these last two years. Um, it's been exciting. I'll say that. It's pretty crazy. And um, I think especially as young people who um, a lot of it, your head's down and you're just going to work. Yeah. Um, I was told by somebody once that it's okay to pop your head up and see where you're at because it'll show you how far you've come. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably the best way to explain kind of like where we are now. Because if you pop your head up and you – I would never yeah. thought you were going to have an Airbnb. Yeah, I wouldn't have either. Well, you know, you know I didn't Perhaps, think, maybe. But like in the moment, like three yeah. years from now, I didn't think – okay, so it was December 2020. That we recorded that. Yep. Okay. Right before Christmas, if I remember. Um, episode 13, Tyler and Jack at BHX Creative. That was a cool episode. It was. But it made me think more about the, um, 
the quality of the content that I was putting out because we yeah. were only 13 episodes in at the time, been doing it for at that time, yeah. 12 full months. So I'm thankful for the conversation as well. I still have the mug that you gave me. Do you? I don't drink out of it cause I don't want the, like the decals and the, mm-hmm, to come off of it. Yeah. So it's a, it I, you know, there and as I like a souvenir. I stopped doing that. Really? And I probably should go back and start with something new. Um, but I felt the mugs were cheesy. I, it sits on my shelf. I also don't take pictures with my people anymore in front of the mural. Oh, really? And I, that's just lazy, I'm yeah. sure. I I don't put people on the... Because I like do true clip art and stuff like that now. So like it's it's posh and polished now. So mm-hmm. like, oh, I've seen it. You've got the... You get, I put myself on it instead. Yeah. Imagine if you got a mug of that. <laughs> just a picture here's, of me on a mug. Here's your morning brew. A, a, a mug with my mug. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think um, there's some good things that I learned doing this early. And yeah, what's um, if you're at what is this year three for you? Yeah, man, I was. It was quite literally. We had, if that was December of 2020 when we had that conversation. Yes, sir. I mean, I from your COVID contact tracing, I would have spent two weeks at home, came back, and quit after that. Really? Yeah, I and, didn't know that. Yeah, it was like. It was almost as if your contact tr- or your your positive test allowed me the two weeks to just kind of make sure, all right, we're doing this sort of thing. So wow. the butterfly effect. Yeah, I mean it was in many ways, but yeah, I've learned a ton. Three years is that what you said? December oh, of twenty twenty. Well, it's early twenty twenty two, so that's two years. Yeah, two years on. We the had dot. started obviously this before then. Yeah. Well, we'd started in February twenty twenty. So pretty close. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, next month will be three years. And now you're getting married in March? Yeah, we are. Were you dating her at the time? Oh, yeah. yeah so we met she's seen you do this. Yeah, actually, she's probably, for everything that, and I like your analogy of, like, we're on the way. I don't think either of us are at the point where it's like, yeah, we're at where we want to be. We're along the way. I think whatever inclination of success you might assign to, that I have had, I think a lot of that goes back to her. I could not do what I'm doing now without her. Um, and she's been quite literally like a real hero in that sense. So so if you were to describe the quality that's allowed you to do that, what would it be? What do you mean by quality? In her. Oh, um, the, the character quality. Yeah, the character quality in her. Oh, I mean, just the first one is 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 really simple, but she just always is supportive. It could be the craziest of ideas that most people would say, I've got some crazy ideas that just somehow, they just come out randomly. And some people would say, no, that's a horrible idea. She always says, you should push on, like, yes, push on a little more, think a little more. And so it's like, okay, and I'll, you know, I'll come back maybe a week later. Uh, but when I told her, when I told her, hey, I'm going to, she actually was the first person to tell me, I think you need to quit your job uh, when we had started BH. Um, I think you need to quit your job. And I'd never heard that before from anybody. And then I ran it by my parents, obviously, and a couple other friends. Um, when it came time for us to look at purchasing, you know, our first short-term rental, uh, she was the first person to say, yeah, I'm in. It was just, it's just been this constant uh, affirmation in that sense. Um, and then she was always like, she always says, hey, if you leap and you fall, I've got you. Like, I, we'll, we'll make it work. I'll take care of you sort of thing. And so, like, that's sweet. you know, just having that, like, I, I couldn't do what I'm doing now without that. I mean, it's, a, it's scary enough to make the leap of faith. It's even more scary if you don't have anybody behind you, you know. So I felt like she was just kind of that constant safety blanket that's underneath you as you jump. 
sort of deal. Wow. I can say, and this is speaking not only from experience, but from talking to so many um, so many people that have taken a leap, it's hard to get spousal support a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, I do think that it's scarier when you already have kids. Sure. Um, I think you guys are you know both in a position where you're college graduates. Yeah. You guys have good heads on your shoulders. No kids, just now getting married, but... You, just like, us. But like we said earlier, because you've put in the work now, yeah. you're fast-forwarding everything else. Yeah. Everything else should be, I won't say easy, but easier. Yeah, it's like a, a turbo booster or a springboard, essentially. Yeah. But yeah, like I've heard that, that not all spouses or, you know, she's not my spouse yet, you know, technically give it two months. Um, Fingers crossed. But yeah, I mean, we've lived together since, well, we moved in together right before the pandemic, Right as we launched BH, actually, is about the time that we moved in together. And um, I've, I've not experienced a hesitant spouse or hesitant partner in the sense of, um, like, hey, don't do that. It's been the opposite. It's been, no, you should do that. And if you don't make it, don't worry, I've got you sort of thing. So it's it's been great. Um, I'd say. I think, honestly, and, you know, if we can discuss this if you want, uh, but – she has just as much of that entrepreneurial grind as I do. She just does it in different ways. Um, she would never come into something like this and speak. And, you know, she's very quiet in that sense. Uh, this would be very uncomfortable for her. But, I mean, she's she will grind in her career. Uh, the Airbnb is largely because she grinded during a COVID time when they offered her a very lucrative bonus program. We couldn't be doing what we're doing now had she not taken that. And to me, that's an entrepreneurial spirit. Like somebody that's like, yeah, we're going to do that because we're going to do this because that's going to pay off for this. So, yeah, I've had a very, very uh, – I, I don't know what it's like to have a spouse that's not, like, fully on board. I don't know what that's like. I mean, I'm thankful for that. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like a, a good problem way. to have. Yeah, it's a great problem. So, so, so – Whose idea was the Airbnb? Yours or hers? Um, I would call it mine. That's one of those crazy ideas that's just like, hey, what about this? So, and I, I think, you, you know, it's kind of a lengthy story, but I can give you the Cliff Notes version. Well, as somebody who is, um, if you guys don't follow Tyler online, Tyler, what's your uh, Instagram name? Ah, uh, I'm so, uh, it's at Tyler Bradfield. It used to be at underscore Tyler Bradfield. There was another Tyler Bradfield that is in financial planning. That you played, waited him out or that, did you buy it? No, he played football at Grand Valley State, and I've constantly checked to see what his Twitter handle is and his Instagram. He changed it on Instagram, and so I snatched it up. I was able to drop the underscore. So on on uh, Instagram, it's just at Tyler Bradfield. Easy enough. So if you guys go out and you follow <laughs> Tyler, not underscore Tyler because yeah. he no longer exists. That's a fraud. <laughs> uh, that is a fraud. Um, so Tyler recently got into a lot of short form content about his Airbnb experience. And the nice thing is, so if you guys don't know what BHX creative is, it's a content machine for, you know, outsource content for companies. So the nice thing is you're really freaking good at it. Um, as somebody who does shitty versions of short form <laughs> content, I appreciate it. Um, so I'd like to get, I'd like to get better at it. The thing is I shoot it right now on my iPhone because it's fast. And then I have because a microphone. You, you edit off your phone? Well, no, I'll shoot it on my phone uh, with a microphone here. I'll throw it onto my computer onto Adobe Premiere, which is what I edit all projects on. Um, <coughs> and then I'll edit there, throw it onto my phone for the captions. But <coughs> I'd like to up the production quality. Like, 
I mean, we have stuff that it's way better than mine. Have you seen my most recent one? <laughs> not not it's most the, recent. I like zoomed in on my phone of my dad talking off of a wide camera angle off my like normal yeah. phone. So it just looks choppy. Mm-hmm. So like, but I go to you for advice. You're good at. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to up the. Thank you for that. I I want to up the quality of those even more. Yeah. The thing that gets hard with that is you start have to get out lights. I'll have to get out backdrops. I'll have to get out microphones like boom mics and all that. Um, for the sake of time, it's easiest for me to just prop my phone up, hit record, put on a little lapel mic and go for it. Yeah. Um, but I would like to up that quality, but I'd have to probably leave a light, light up 24 seven. And I don't, that'd be one thing. I don't know if I could sell Renee on, <laughs> you talk about supportive spouse. Hey, can I leave this massive light up in our house 24 <laughs> seven? That's why I just do it here. Yeah. That's why I just do it here. And it, I mean, I think content, as you and I can both speak to, is the future, whether it's long form or short form. Yeah. Um, I, I think that if you truly want to engage with people, that go to where the people are. Yeah. Um, it's simple. Meet them where they're at. Exactly. It used to be they were on the interstate. As you drove, you put a billboard up. Well, now you can get even closer to them. You can get in their pocket and right on, their, right on the palm of their hand. Mm-hmm. So why not just go to that? So... Right now, you're sharing your journey, um, your kind of Airbnb ownership um, journey on short form. So kind of talk to people about why you're sharing this journey and what are some of the the fun stories and things you've learned from making the leap of faith and saying, you know what, we should buy a place in Gulf Shores. Yeah, so for me, and I don't even know if I've told you this yet, the reason I'm doing the the short form content is trying to build, I'm trying to self-brand myself in this sense of it. It's not just Airbnbs. I want to talk about entrepreneurship, self-employment as a whole, because ultimately I want to write a book and I don't want it to be a how-to because I don't think I'm qualified enough to write a how-to. I want to write just sharing my story, perhaps to encourage somebody who's right on the brink of, of making that leap. I read a stat somewhere that 40% of traditionally employed Americans, 40%, that's a lot. Two out of every five um, are contemplating leaving their job for self-employment. And I remember being at that point. And I remember reading a ton of books. And I remember getting a lot of guidance from other people and a lot of advice. But the thing that was always, every time I would read these books, all these business books, they're great. Some are better written than others. But it always felt a little unrealistic. Because as you're considering making that leap of faith, a lot of these guys that are writing these books are like, oh, I own how many seven-figure companies, and I do this, and yeah, we turn this idea into a million dollars. When you're making that leap of faith, the one thing I'm, I'm not concerned about millions of dollars. I'm concerned, can I support myself? You know, will I make enough to make my bills? And I want to talk, I, I ultimately want to write a book that kind of fills that gap a little bit, that says, hey, here's my story, you may find it relatable. Maybe you'll laugh. Maybe you'll cry. I don't know what emotion you'll have. Uh, but this is my story. And if I can do this, hopefully it encourages you to do that. So the short form content is, is simply just me sharing the story to hopefully garner a little bit of a self brand and a little bit of, um, you know, I need to probably generate a following if I want to try to ultimately sell books off that page, off the Instagram page. Uh, but that's, that's what m- the whole idea is behind. Um, and I don't remember your original question at this point, but that's 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 the whole gist behind the short form content yeah. uh, in the back of my mind. And I want to talk about on there, I, you know, I want to talk about the video stuff and the Airbnb because it's all been, you know, we couldn't do, be doing one without the other. 
uh, it's all been this. So I, I tell people all the time, I'm sure you get this too. Uh, I love the question of, and it's just common to be asked at this age. So what are you doing? You know, what do you do? And I'm sure that that's probably going to continue the rest of life. Maybe it'll turn into, so how are the grandkids? You yeah, know? that changes a little uh, bit. But it seems as though, you know, in this late 20s, almost 30 time frame, that the question everybody's asking is, what do you do? And my, my answer is like, well, it, honestly, it depends on the day. <laughs> you know, there Ain't are, that the truth, brother? There are some days I'm producing video for a client in Chicago. There are some days I'm producing video for a client in Tennessee. There are some days I'm looking for a ne- the next short-term rental um, or managing our current Airbnb. And there are other days, well, I might be tossing around this idea of should I write a book? You know, like there are, I love that question um, because it just kind of opens the door to a much bigger conversation. But I want the my Instagram and the short form content to basically reflect that. Like, I'm not just this one thing. I do a lot of things. And let me tell you about all of them sort of deal. Absolutely. I just had um, Alyssa Alsup on, likely her episode, well, likely, her, I know for a fact, I'm the one who does it. Her episode will come out before you. And um, so she's built a following of almost 70,000 people yeah. on Instagram. And she broke down social branding. She goes, yeah. every person needs that four pillars. Mm-hmm. She goes, if you're going to, because otherwise, if you're just one thing, you're not going to get the overlap. If you look at Joe Rogan, right? she didn't mention Joe Rogan. I like Joe Rogan. So you'll but, use him. <laughs> but Joe Rogan likes UFC. Yeah. He likes drugs. He li- You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he likes um, aliens and he likes comedy. Yeah. Those are his four pillars. Yep. So if you can create your four pillars, which yeah. is, you know, business, Airbnb, um, Video, young family storytelling. Yeah. So yeah. you go through those four things and they all do speak to each other. Yeah. Um, you're going to be able to get the overlap from all four communities as well as right. people are going to see you're not just one thing. Right. Um, so I agree. And as somebody who does, as his wife would say, too many things most of the yeah. time, spread a little thin. Yeah. My short answer to that question is always, well, I produce videos, Renee saves lives and together we host people's vacations. Beautiful. That's what we call an elevator pitch, folks. And that always, they're like, huh? (laughs) Yeah. But that's what we do. Yeah. So. Well, good. Well, you got to be able to, and you're good at question asking, right? You got to pose something that makes them want to ask more, right? right? So you you leave just a little enough on the bone. A cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Yeah. I think my dad's always said we do uh, everything that touches money except for lending it. Yep. And then he said, well, what's that mean? And then you go through the list of coin-operated laundromats and all the other stuff that's going on. Yep. So. It's fun. So I think um, as you started as a high school teacher who, you know, coaxed a young, young, young student into going into business with you, um, you've kind of fallen in love with entrepreneurship. Would you say that's fair? Uh, Yeah, I would. So obviously, and as you were talking, I completely forgot that this is called the 10 Rules of Business podcast because you said, I wish there was a step by step. And I was like, this is the step by step. step. Yeah. Um, So the first rule of business is stay in business, right? So what I want you to share is if you have like a quick anecdote about what that means to you or like even a story about, you know, how you were against the ropes and you made it work. This is actually, uh, I'll, I'll talk about another friend in this sense. Um, I came from, my background is actually in sports broadcasting. You know, One was, of the best in the world. I don't know about that. He had a job at ESPN, so that's pretty <laughs> doggone good. Um, but I have a friend right now that um, went through college with me and he... Uh, he was out in North Dakota working a full-time job as a sports announcer on a local television station. He 
was going to leave to become full-time freelance so that he could, you know, if you work for, this isn't true for everybody, but a lot of the guys that do some of the smaller games are basically like 1099 contractors. So you might pick up, you know, college football in the big 12, you might pick up college football in the Mac and they just start to piece together a little package. Well, he was trying to make that leap to come back home and it's essentially self-employment. You're just a one man show and you broadcast. I told him, I, he was super nervous about it, and I said, hey, you're going to have months where you're going to feel like the richest person in the world. You're going to have a busy season, perhaps that's in the crossover between football and basketball, where like there's tons of events all, all the time. Um, and then you're also going to have periods of time where it's like, holy cow, do I need to go on food stamps? <laughs> you know, you're going to have slow months, essentially. I said, what you need to do is not get caught up in the highs and the lows. You need to make sure that you zoom out. Don't look at it on a biweekly, you know, oh, I've got to make X biweekly because there's going to be biweeklies that you don't hit that. Then there's going to be biweeklies that you crush that. Look at it. If you can zoom out to a month, if you're even more comfortable than that, wait and zoom out to a year. If you're more comfortable than that, zoom out to five years. I said, the more you zoom out and if you can look back and say, hey, within this time period, I made more money than I would have in my previous job, then you're fine. So staying in business, you know, that's, that's how I like to view it is, is what I'm doing. If I zoom out, am I making more money than I would have over there? Okay. Within what time frame? Yearly, five years. That to me is, you know, how I like to think of it. Cause there's a, there's a huge emotional experience when you walk away from that steady every two weeks, this hits the direct deposit first and 15th. Huge emotional experience when that gets pulled out from underneath you. Um, and to me, you know, if you're wanting to stay in business, you've got to set that emotion, that emotional experience. You have to somehow curb that. I mean, I think 90% of this self-employment stuff is it's all right here. Like, yeah, it takes some skills and it takes like people skills and it takes, um, you know, some sort of skill that you either make something and sell it or you provide a service and sell it. But I think a lot of it's right here. And I think it comes down to that, that emotional experience with money, you know, that safety blanket. So I think money's an interesting thing. And, um, yeah, when you take away that, that safety net, people get they, – they've got two directions to yeah. go, right? You either go left or you go right. Yeah. And you can't stay still. Yeah, because if, if you look at it, I would be technically – if I looked at my life as a biweekly series of events, I would be out of business all the time because there's, there's, there's times where – well, two weeks went by, and guess what? There's nothing that hit the direct deposit line. No, no check. There's no check. I only cut, I've, I've only cut myself one check since we've been doing this. It's been three years, and I plan to continue that. That Now that money has been used elsewhere, but I've not cut myself a personal check. No. Um, and I'm blessed. I, I was very, very blessed to the situation that I'm in to be able to do that. But, yeah, to stay in business to me, is you're not working for money. You're working for a bigger project. You're working for a bigger goal. It's not necessarily about the money. It's about accomplishing the project or goal. And when the project or goal gets accomplished, the money just follows. So I agree with that. Um, I think that delayed gratification is not something that is um, talked about not only in business, but kind of in life anymore. Yeah. And that's a grind too. the delayed gratification. Like, it's not something anyone likes to do. Like <laughs> everyone likes short form gratification. It's why short form content works. Everybody wants instant, you know, right away. Oh, I'm hungry. Let's get food as fast as possible. A la McDonald's drive through is fast and it's in your hands. 
But if you can, when you find, when you truly, if you can delay something a year and you, after a year of working and you finally get it, that feeling is unmatched in my opinion. Like when you finally accomplish something that you've been working for and you put it off for a year, two or three, or you've been working towards it for that long of a time frame, that's really a, a really good feeling. So I, I think that that's part of the staying in business aspect of it. Yeah, you got to make money, you know, because at the end of the day, yeah, you have bills you got to pay. You know, you got to put food on the table, probably have to pay for a place to live. Um, but I, I think it's it's about separating for me, how do I stay in business? I separate myself from the emotions as best as I can. I'm not always good at it. And I try to look, hey, can I delay this as long as possible for this delayed gratification? Because if I can work for something, if I can work all year on one project and at the end of the year see it through, I'm going to be okay uh, financially. If you can delay that two years, three years, 50 years, like it just continues to spread out. Yeah, you know? push the snowball. Yeah, exactly. All you're doing is pushing a snowball down. You just have to delay. You have to push it up here for a year or two or three, and then then you run down the hill and see what it became yeah. on the other side. So so say you don't have a safety net. Yeah, that gets a little harder. And I, I, to be honest, I didn't have a safety net. Um, if I had gotten out of college and tried to do this, I couldn't. Yeah. The, the W-2 became the safety net. And that comes back to the, you know, you're working – eight, nine hours at the W-2 job, and then... Eight, nine hours eight, at the... Eight, nine hours at the, the job you're trying to create. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, all the safety net came from that that time frame. That that was a grind. That was a real, real grind. How long did you... Were you... Uh, we call it usually a um, twin career or dual career. Yeah, How long did you do that? Through COVID, a year. And then you just shoved as much money back as you could, wait till you had your nest egg and said... Yeah, I left the job with $30,000 saved up. Uh, and I said, I, I said, if I reach the end of that $30,000, I'm not sure how long it will last, but if I can reach the end of that and I can't cut myself a paycheck, I should probably do something else. So I let that $30,000 drain out and that's been the one paycheck to cut. I cut myself one paycheck to be able to replenish that. The rest of the money gets rolled back into either more video or Airbnbs. So double down. Passive income. Yeah, and it's been – I make good money. I mean, I make I make good money. Yeah, uh, the business makes good money. There's no sense for me to cut myself a paycheck, though. I can just use that money to fuel another business or fuel another income stream. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I think that's – You don't want a big fancy house? Not right now. Maybe down the road, you know. But to, in order to get there, I've got to delay that gratification, just like you said. So do you want a big fancy house? That depends on the day. I would. I love. I drive around and look at them. Oh, that's one of my favorite things to do. And I and I think that's the real estate investing side of me, just doing math. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. I was actually I was a uh, I was at a wedding this past weekend in Chicago or in uh, Charlotte, about said Chicago. One of my friends from Chicago was there, but it was in Charlotte, and the family had rented an Airbnb, and that's where the rehearsal dinner was. We pulled up. The first thing I did was I looked at Renee and I said, "How much do you think this place is worth?" Yeah. <laughs> what do you think they bought it for? What do you think it's worth now? I look it up on um, NCCOG, which is the Madison County, um, what you call it, and I literally Google how much people's houses sold yeah. for last. Yep. Look up the tax appraisals. I said, "Well, I wouldn't yeah. give that for that." But yeah. Ah, they overpaid. Yeah. And but it's um, I think once you start to everything's a math Every, equation. Everything has a dollar at the end. It's like that commercial. Have you seen that guy that's like, I wonder what this place does in parking? Yeah. It's that. Everything has a math equation behind it. And it's interesting once you've kind of 
start to look at everything that way. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many people they employ. What do you think? They, what do you think yeah. they turn over here at yeah. night? Yeah. yeah, we were at the Ironworks building, and I'm tapping on the walls. Yeah. Yeah, it's real masonry. Yeah. Well, to answer, and I realize now I had forgotten your one question. I, I'll go back to that. How did we start our the first Airbnb? It started much like that. I wonder. We had gone to uh, Bradenton, Florida, just south of Tampa, kind of Sarasota area group of like 11, 12 friends rented Airbnb. This was one of the first times at the Airbnb we booked it. Like it was on our account. And then, you know, all the friends split the place. Well, so we knew how much we paid. And while we were there, I was a year and a half into BH, year into BH. And so you start to think about the math equation. Wonder what this is. Wonder what that is. I knew what I paid or what we paid as a group. I wonder what the mortgage is here. So I went and found it. I went and found what the place sold for, you know, what the mortgage is. And I realized that what we had paid in one week exceeded the mortgage. I said, well, hold up. <laughs> I can do this math. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And so that's, that is what, that was the big snowball push, if you will, that launched us into a lot of reading books, a lot of watching uh, YouTube videos, reading podcasts, or reading podcasts, listening to podcasts. You could read them, I guess. Do you transcribe your podcast? I do. I use an app called Descript. I don't read them, but you, I guess you could. Yeah. <laughs> but listen to podcasts. Um, and then I just tried to, I just started networking like none other. Um, anybody and everybody I knew that had done some form of real estate investing, whether it was uh, long-term, whether it was short-term, whether it was storage units, I talked to just basically everybody I could, try to gather as much knowledge as I could. And I learned, I learned more in that, like, I would call it like a, 13 week stretch. It was 15 weeks. Actually, I know that for a fact. It was 15 weeks because uh, Renee, my fiance, had got offered a, a lucrative bonus program at the hospital. She had to go full time for nurses as 312s. If you go up to f- add an extra shift a week, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when you're working 412s at a hospital and you're in the middle of COVID and seeing a whole lot of death, like that's, uh, that's a hard stretch. So yeah. she, she went up to that and, you know, they compensate her quite well. For 15 weeks, they were going to double, basically double her take-home income to do that. I said, well, I'll match all the hours that you have. I'll spend, you know, that additional shift a week studying this Airbnb real estate stuff so that we can roll some of that money from the hospital and roll some of the BH money into potentially purchasing our first short-term rental, first vacation home. Um, And I learned more in that time frame than I ever have about, I think, any subject ever. Um, and I was, I don't know. I wasn't, uh, I think a lot of people, they, they don't get started because they're, they're afraid. If you can just like that first 20 hours, you're going to learn more about any subject in that first 20 hours that you just like steamroll through it than you will ever, <laughs> you know, from zero to 20. And so I thought, how fast can I get through zero to 20? Well, I got through that in about a good day and a half basically. Um, and then it just kept going. I probably rolled in total, I don't know, maybe 400 hours. And to learn that, you know, just reading books, studying, listening. And I, I, it was beautiful because I had the flexibility from, because I am self-employed, I can push and pull time as needed. So I would push a lot of the BH stuff onto, you know, I'll work on these Monday through Thursday and then Friday I'll dedicate to this. So I just spent a ton of time on it. Ton of time. 400 hours. Sorry, guys. We just took a quick uh, potty break and came back. And uh, we were talking about what we talked about last, and that's kind of where we ended up. Um, 400 hours. Yeah, and I have that time. Um, so 
to most people who are just researching, possibly getting into a, a, a sphere of business, 400 hours is 10 40-hour full work weeks. Yeah. Um, the thing is, though, it, yes, if you look at it from the standpoint of, of work weeks, yeah, it's a lot. But I work 24-7, essentially. When I'm not sleeping, I'm usually working in that sense. Um, so, like, a lot of it was reading books. I mean, and books take a good chunk of time. True. Um, so when you factor in books, you factor in, you know, the conversations with, um, you know, different people that I had networked with and reached out to. When you factor in all the time it took to actually zero in on, hey, this is the exact property that we want. Once I had learned how to do it, then I had to zero in on what one we want. You have all that together. I mean, that was... There was, there was times where I would wake up and I would spend whole days on it. And by that, I mean, I'd start at 8 or 9 a.m., depending on what time I got up, and I would be done by midnight. And if you spend a whole day like that, just studying something, yeah, you break for lunch, obviously, or a couple of bathroom breaks here and there. But you spend a whole day like that, if you start snowballing a couple of those together, like 400 hours is not that much time. You get what I'm saying? It's no, a, it seems it's like a, a lot of time. It, it seems I mean, like a lot of time. Yes, like it's, yes thinking it's, I might get into a specific industry. And would it take? Here's the deal: is would it take? Would it take you 400 hours? No, absolutely. It might. It, it, maybe the thing is with me, I knew nothing. I, I knew literally nothing about this, so I was starting at kind of zero. You know what I'm saying? Do you think you got obsessed with it? Oh yeah, 400 hours is a long time. Yeah, I don't think I could do obsession. anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there would be times where, like, I would. I mean, there'd be times where like, okay, hey, I, I can dedicate quite a bit of time to this here. Let's just steamroll through three straight days of this and let's just learn it. Um, but yeah, I, I became obsessed with it for sure. And I, I have that. I don't know if that's a problem. Maybe it is a problem. But I have that thing where like if I, if I get passionate about something, I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to do it until, all right, I'm done sort of thing. And I found that with that. Like I felt like I was uncovering things. You ever had that experience with something like some topic that you always thought this way about, and then someone showed you the other side of it? Like they picked it upside down. They're like, "Hey, look at the look at it this way," and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I've never had that experience before." I've had that with a couple of different topics in my life, and, and one of them was this, and I just I couldn't put it down. Like I, I was, I would read, I would study, I would watch, I would listen, I would talk to people, and I I couldn't put it down. Um, so yeah, I would say aggregate time. I mean, I'm pushing. Yeah, absolutely. By the time, like to get that first Airbnb up and going now there's, there's within that too. Like you got to purchase the place that took a lot of time. Then you got to stand the place up. That took time too. So that time's in that to like get that thing off and rolling. But yeah, I would say that that's, that's in there. Well, you look at it from the, the law of 10,000 hours, right? It mm -hmm. takes 10,000 hours just to master something. Right. If you don't put in the first 400 in the first 400 hours, right. you're behind you the eight ball. You can't get to 10,000. No. Yeah. Now, it doesn't take that much time now uh, that it's up and running. That was kind of the goal by it all. But, yeah, to get to that, I mean, think about it. In there, we spent two weeks there. All you're doing is setting up a property. So how many hours are in a week in that sense? And, you know, we're not just working, oh, 5 o'clock, we're done. No, like we're working till our faces are about to fall off, you know? So, like, you have two whole weeks of that, and then you have, you know, all the studying, all that other, yeah. I mean, that was that was just a number I pulled off the top of my head, but that is probably fairly accurate. Like, so, if it's 400 hours, how much money do you make per hour? 
Well, that's <laughs> that was just to get started. But would you say that time's um, almost as big of a investment as money? I would, but like to 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 get started though, I didn't feel comfortable had I not spent that sort of time studying that. If you want to like now, I don't have to restudy that in that sense. Like, yeah, you know it. I know how to analyze a deal. The goal wasn't one Airbnb. The goal is multiple of these things. So you know, as now the portfolio grows and as you scale, you know, that 400 hour investment grows. So right now, yeah, it's a horrible return on investment. If I was to stop at one, it'd be a horrible, it'd be dumb. <laughs> but if, if you don't, if, if you don't stop and you keep growing, you keep going every time you add a property, you're adding income. And every time you add income, that investment becomes more worthwhile that you spend on that time. So what would you say against those people that are saying that um, hotels are back and Airbnb's dying? Have you heard that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard lots of that. Here's what I'll say is, and I think I had to learn this the hard way, is when someone says that they do real estate, that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And people don't realize that. You know, a lot of people, as I started to trudge through those hours of learning this, what I found is, I'll use a basketball analogy just because I like basketball. Shaquille O'Neal and Steph Curry both play basketball or past tense with Shaq played. Do they play the same game? Absolutely not. Shaquille O'Neal is seven foot something and, you know, however many pounds he plays with his back to the basket, you know, all the way down low. Steph Curry's out here bombing threes away. The way they prepare, the way they strategize, the way what they practice, how they work on their bodies, way different than each other, right? Same in real estate. You could have a guy that's doing long-term rentals. You could have a guy that's doing flips. You could have a guy that's doing short-term rentals. You could have a guy that's doing storage units. You could have a guy that's wholesaling. And all of those are very different strategy under the same game as real estate investing. And the times change. So like a strategy that might have worked in, let's just call it 2009, 2010, that strategy may not work today because of the pricing because of the interest rates, because of the way that the world is going. That doesn't mean that it's a bad time to buy. And so what I would find is I had a lot of conversations with people say, Hey, I'm interested in this. They're like, Oh my gosh, that's the dumbest idea that you could have. And it was like, well, well, first off, thanks for the support. And thanks for encouraging me. You know, I'm kind of use it as reverse. You know, if you tell me that I'll be like, well, I'll prove you wrong sort of thing. But, you know, I found that there's not necessarily there's just bad strategy with it. You get what I'm saying? Um, and so to, to use that analogy, you have real estate and you have all different types of real estate investing and you have all different types of businesses that you can build off of this. What strategy are you using? And I found for us, the strategy that we wanted to do was vacation rentals. Okay. And our, our hotels, you know, back and, and Airbnbs are dying? Well, it depends. I think right now is a really dangerous time if I were to start an Airbnb in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's not a city that people travel to a sense of like, you never hear someone say, I'm going to go to vacation in Charlotte. You know, they might be traveling there for work. They might be traveling there to see family. But I never hear someone say, well, where's vacation this year? Charlotte, Louisville, Kentucky. You know, you just don't hear that. In those sort of cities, I would I would be very nervous to buy an Airbnb. Why? Because we've had a bunch of Airbnbs that just popped up. At what point does the travel, like the amount of people that are traveling to that city, 
what point does the supply of Airbnbs outweigh the amount of people that are traveling to it? I think that we're getting to that point in some of these cities. Our strategy is not that. Our strategy is not those cities. Our strategy is, hey, 90% of the economy in the locations that we buy is all based on travel. You see what I mean? I call them mature vacation markets. People go to Destin, Florida. They go to the Gulf Shores. They go to the Smoky Mountains. Why to vacation there? What you have there is you just have a bunch of condo complexes or single-family houses that are all being rented out. The only thing that has changed is the way we rent them out. You know, a decade ago, 20 years ago, you're going to some website that's, you know, sunsetrentals.com and you're booking your week-long stay. Now they just all live on one platform. So in those markets, Airbnbs are here. It's just a way to rent them out. Let's say Airbnb dies. You know, it utterly just goes away. Well, there's still demand of people traveling to those locations. People still want to go to the beach. They still want to go to the mountains. The way they will book that changes, perhaps. But I, I think in, yeah, I think that you're going to see, I think you'll see in those markets like Louisville and Charlotte, Indianapolis even, I think the Airbnb hosts that were absolutely crushing it, as more and more of these things pop up, and not as many people travel to those sort of cities, I think it'll get tougher. It'll be more competition. And I could see, you know, as we get on the other side of this COVID deal, hotels could come back in that sense. But yeah, that's how I, uh, that's how I look at it. All different types of strategies. I don't disagree. I think, um, you know, the longstanding vacation markets make the most sense. Um, we were looking at some stuff down in Nashville, Brown County. And um, I, I just don't think it's a big enough vacation market still. Yeah. It's, it's been there for a long time, but. Another thing you got to consider, too, is like in a city like Nashville, that's a really dangerous city to put an Airbnb in right now because Nashville has just experienced rapid growth with basically since Taylor Swift came onto the scene with this country music craze. And so you have all these Airbnbs just popping up all over the place. okay? And you have a city that doesn't know how to handle it. You know, they, they were never like this tourist trap that they were now where all these bachelorette parties are coming into town. And so what they start doing is they put in you know, legislation. So you could buy an Airbnb or you could buy a, yeah, that's a property that all of a sudden you buy it a week later, they decide, Hey, this neighborhood, no Airbnbs. And that's, that happens. That's why I think, and that was part of our strategy is I wanted to not have that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't want to take that risk. Yeah. Uh, could you make good money in Nashville? Absolutely. But I didn't want to take that risk. And I were beach people. We like the beach. My favorite time of the year every year was when my family went on vacation. We would stay in condo-like things or, you know, you go buy a cabin or rent a cabin, I should say, in the Smoky Mountains. That's what I wanted. Um, so I felt like there was – these have people have been traveling there for years. <laughs> the only thing we have now is just a different method to book the place. And you see more and more people even leaving the platform because they don't want to pay the fees and they start their own website for if they have multiple yeah. rec- or rentals at this point. Actually, that's funny. While we took our little bathroom break, I – we have a guy that's trying to book right now for uh, late March, looking for a week-long trip, and he'd asked if he booked off-platform, could he book directly with us? That happens. It's not a bad deal. You know, some people like to do that. Um, there's pros and cons to that either side. But, yeah, yeah real estate investing, man, it's a, it's, a, it's a wild thing. It's fun. I love it. I, I assume it makes you more rounded in your actual business with BHX in the sense that it makes you um, – I wouldn't even say wiry. What's the word I'm looking for? Well-versed or um, more analytic than you were before? Well, I think, I don't know if I would call myself more analytical. I would just say that the more you do, 
And the more you start to experience in general, the better, you know, the, 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 the better you'll be, if you want to call it that. It's, it's, the, it's the theory behind what college has tried to do with general electives. You know, you must take this history 150 class or you must take this, uh, this art history class. Why? You may never use it, but we want you to be well-rounded in that sense. So I think as you start to just experience different things, if I came and hung out with you for a period of time, I would know more about insurance than I probably ever would want to know. Would ever want to know or knew before, and it would make me more well-rounded in that sense. So, yeah, I think it's, it's added it's just added more knowledge to me. And I think that's just kind of life as we get old. I should know more at, I should know more at 30 than I did at 20. And I should know more at 40 than I did at 30. Why? Because I just had more time to do things and learn things. So I think it's, yeah, it's added that component to it. Has it made you more passionate about your business? Which business? The, the short-term rental? Yeah, has the, that made you more passionate about BHX? Because now you see oh, the goal. Yeah. Well, I mean, we knew that it gave BH, why are we doing BH? It gave that because a lot of the money for BH gets rolled into doing vacation rentals. Um, so it it gave that a, a, a more of a sense of a why. Other than just why am I doing this? Well, to fund my life. You know, I mean, like to pay bills. It's now, oh, no, we're doing this. I'm doing this project over here for BH, and I'm passionate about that because I'm going to use that money, and I'm going to turn around and fund it into our next property. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, given, it's given that a good answer. So it made me a little bit more passionate about that. You know, I was watching um, Dirty Jobs the other day. Oh, God, I'm going to butcher this. What a great segue. Um, well, <laughs> and so Mike Rowe is a very interesting human being. Okay. And, you know, the, they talk about, you know, all the multimillionaires he's met on the set of Dirty Jobs. And he says that, oh, he said, everybody thinks you have to follow your passion, right, and be passionate about what you do every day. But sometimes you can just be passionate about going to work, even if you're not passionate about the work itself. Yeah. Because you know what the end goal is. Yeah. And I think that's a really, and I get stuck in it. Yeah. I want to love what I do. I like that, yeah. And um, is it insurance? No. Yeah, you probably don't love claims. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I love people. Yeah. I love the product in the sense of like where we can take people and then we are the safety net. Yeah. Um. I love business. That's why we have the podcast. Sure. That's why we do. I mean, like yeah. nobody likes taxes. Yeah. Nobody. I mean, like that's not what I'm passionate about. Right. But that fuels. Yeah. My passion fuels it. Or, yeah. I, or you know, sometimes your passion is real estate investing and yeah. your income fuels that. I, I think it comes down to, too, like, where do you hope to be? And if you can identify and you can start to have a vision to that, like 20 years from now, where do you want to be? Me? Yeah. Um, I did this. Uh, if you guys remember Derek Grant episode, I think, 23. Derek Grant is a mindfulness coach, um, ex-Harlem Globetrotter, TikTok famous right yes. now. Love love me some Derek Grant. And um, I had done one of his courses. And I remember I was this was right after Ruby was born, mid-COVID. And it was like, where do you want to be? And like, not depressed, but like COVID. Life wasn't the same. Yeah. Couldn't do what I like it enjoyed. Different. And um, he asked the same question. He goes, you know, if you woke up 20 years from now, where would you be? Describe yeah. your perfect day. Yeah. And I literally described a podcast for the morning, client meetings, yeah. pick up the kids from school, go to wrestling practice. Yeah. Different view. Yeah. So it's the same. It's just I think I want to look at mountains when I drink my coffee in the morning. Right. I literally think that's the only difference. Because mm -hmm. I would still structure my day the same. Yeah. 
I would still have the family time. I would still get to coach. I would still right. have a conversation with somebody I enjoy. Like, I would still do all those things. I wouldn't be lounging on a beach all day. Like, that's not my perfect day. Mm-hmm. So, like, if, if you look 20 years from now, I'd be 47. Kids would be grown. Maybe I'm still coaching. Mm-hmm. Maybe I have some good conversations throughout the day. Yeah. And if you help somebody solve a problem, that's it. Right. But to get to that point, you got to do what you're doing right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, and I think that that, that passion, at least for my passion, if I can identify where I want to be in 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, however many years I have left, if I can identify that, all I, all this is is what's getting me to that. Like, if I want to run the marathon, a Boston marathon, I, I can't just show up to the Boston marathon the day of and expect to last. I probably need to run a mile today. And it might be hard, but then I can run two miles maybe two weeks later or something like that. You're working towards it. Right now you're in the, you're adding the miles. You know, you're at mile one, mile two, and you're you're adding to what you ultimately want to where you want to be. And it may not look totally different. Like at the Boston Marathon, your act is running. What you're doing now, your act is running. Your act is insurance, your act is clients meeting, your act is podcast. Just to get to that certain view, this has to you have to do all this. And I think that's part of what the um, like the Airbnb is like We've got a big, Renee and I, we have very specific life goals that we want to accomplish. BH is fueling vacation rentals. Vacation rentals is meant to fuel something else. And that's what we're aiming for. Yeah. Um, and it's very, we're very specific with that um, and why we're doing all this. Why did Renee go from a regular nurse at IU Methodist to becoming a travel nurse? Because it's all part of this this bigger path. And that's why I think makes us passionate about it. Like, yeah, I, I like, I like vacations and I like Airbnb and I like, I like hosting them and I like making videos too, but I don't want to be making videos when I'm 80 years old. <laughs> There's something else I want to be doing, but in order to get to that point comfortably, I've got to do this. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think if you're being honest, that'll change. Oh yeah. If you say 20 years from now, this is where I want to be. You'll be halfway yeah. there and you're naturally you can yeah. get there should you want to, but your views may change. Your yeah. kids may change. You know I mean? Like life may change. Right. The world may change. Yeah. I don't want to be the, I always say I love the beach and I love vacations and I love that all could the, be completely underwater. Yeah, it could be, you know, you never know. That's what I'm saying. The beach could now be in Georgia <laughs> or it could be the moon or the, the Mars. Right. Yeah. But what I'm saying though is um, in this general sense, like, I am always going to, because I'm wired a certain way. I think I got my dad's genetics in this sense. He's an engineer, 70 plus patents, always working. Like just because he likes to, it makes him feel fulfilled. It makes him feel productive. I will always want to be working. The projects though will change. Maybe it's not a video over here for a client in Chicago. Perhaps now I'm working on a documentary. Perhaps I'm writing a book. Perhaps I'm working uh, more volunteer time. Uh, You know, I want to get, you know, and I don't want to be a, become a minister ever, but I'd like to pursue more time volunteering at church, you know, ministry in a sense. So like that, I will be doing things. But in order for me to do those things, those goals that I have, I've got to follow this path because all of this leads to that. You and I talked, I don't know if you're recording this when we had first start, but like my ultimate goal in video is to produce a documentary, a sports documentary of some sort. And, you know, sell it to like a Netflix or whatever streaming platform is, is the now streaming platform when I get to that point. I can't just show up today and be like, today I'm going to I'm gonna produce a documentary. Why? They're expensive. You got to have the funds for them. Uh, two, you got to find the documentary. And three, you got to sell it to those platforms. Okay. 
you've got to make that journey to that. And so, you know, part of what we're doing here is, is making that journey to that, you know, part of the, part of the, uh, you know, video stuff is to fuel this, is to fuel that ultimate dream over here. Makes sense. Yeah. And I think you, your line of work and call it the gig economy or project based work, mm -hmm. um, allows you to have a lot of short-term success to get to long-term success. Yeah. Where if you look at my grandpa, if you look at uh, probably somebody in your family on yeah. the older side, you work 40 years at the same place, put nut A on yeah. bolt B, and that's the success. The success yeah. is the kids and all the other things. You don't get it in the same sense. You don't get those, yeah. those quick hits, and you don't get to build upon those the right. same way because you're just surviving the day. Yeah, And I think... Um, that truly is the opportunity for young people today yeah. is that you can have success early and you can grind yeah. early and that can still lead towards your long-term vision. Right. And you don't have to be stuck putting nut A on bolt B. B. Yeah. Because 40 in and 40 out, what kind of life is that? Yeah. I had, actually, we were, we were down in Gulf Shores visiting our condo. Uh, started January. I don't know when you release this, but... From where I'm saying this right now, that was just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Be February, <laughs> uh, I think. To timestamp this. But anyways, we were there and I was talking with Renee's dad and he had said something like, hey, when, when we were growing up, like, and perhaps it was where he grew up and, you know, the people that he was around. But he had said, like, when you were growing up, like, they didn't really encourage you to dream big. You were to grow up, get a job, and that job was supposed to um, basically make a family, you know, and provide for family and you keep this boat kind of rolling and you keep the the wheels turning on it and not to say that family stuff doesn't necessarily motivate me like yeah I would like to experience that sometime down the road but what we're doing now he's like that that wasn't necessarily even a thought wasn't even encouraged you know um yeah life's different put bolt I like that put, put bolt a on bolt b or not a not on, a on, on bolt b, b. yeah I use that a lot because not that, and, and my grandparents lived a fantastic life. Yeah. In order to, you know, yeah. they, all, they lived for their kids. It yeah. was, it's just so different. I live for my kids. I got two kids. I love them. Yeah. But like, I think it's okay to dream again. Yeah. My dad's been successful. Yeah. But it was never taught. Yeah. It wasn't encouraged. And he went out and he figured it out yeah. and he did it himself. And that taught me yeah. how to do that. Yeah. And um, I think there's, especially with the way the world is today, there's enough ways to make money. Yeah. Project based, gig based. Yeah. That if you want to put yourself out there, do it. Shouldn't. Yeah. I think a lot of things are going to keep going that direction too. You know, just more and more people will just, Hey, this is, I'm specialized in job a job X and I can do job X. Who do you work for myself? <laughs> you know, I'll just do this job and then I'll do that job over there. Why not? Yeah. I was listening to, uh, you know Alex Hormozzi? Yeah, I love Alex Hormozzi. Um, I have his book in my bag up front if you want it. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. $100 million offer. Yeah. I, I'll give it to you when you leave. Okay. Um, I will read that. It's um, <laughs> I read, Actually, the last time I was here, the last time we did this podcast, you recommended a book to me. And it um, a lot of it, it put words and assigned thoughts to everything I had been taught all through grad school. It said it in the most concise specific way about storytelling and i use it now every single day on all client proposals and how i speak with clients and everything it was that story brand book story brand yeah like by donald all of that, um 
what's his name? Donald, Donald Miller? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like we had, you had recommended that. And um, I think you even might have got me the copy when you gave me the, the mug. But I did. That book alone assigned, like, it just put words to like what I was trying to do. And it helped me. It helped me sell better. Like it helped me sell what we were doing for clients better and help them grasp the vision a little bit more concisely and quicker. And um, I use that book every day. So yeah, to reading, like I will read that book. I, I read lots of books. It's a workbook. So it's actually, it's nice. I didn't yeah. make any notes in that. I had a li- yellow legal pad when I did it, but yeah. it, I like it. Yeah, I, I read anything I can get my hands on. Well, I shouldn't say anything. I, get my, I can go get my hands on a bunch of fiction right now. I don't read fiction. Yeah. Nonfiction. Business books, money, investing, financials, all that stuff. I mean, that's for 20 bucks, I can get the value of a college education, <laughs> quite literally. But you and I both know it means nothing to read it. It's all about what you do with it. It is what you practice. So if you can, it, yeah. like you said, if you can yeah. take a book and make it make you make money, yeah. that's a good damn book. Right, yeah. But yeah. if you read a book and say, well, that's a good book. That's interesting. Throw it away. Sit on it. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the difference between successful people yeah. and people that... No offense, unless you can get off yeah. it and you can just start implementing things. Yeah. Just because you can read 12 books in a year, if you can't implement one, what's the fucking point? Yeah, there is none. Pardon yeah. me, French. But th- you want me to hit one of these buttons here to cover uh, that up? Ta-da! There we go. Very good. <laughs> but yeah, so I agree. Tyler, um, I know you've got places to be. It's 11 o'clock. Something's going off. Is that your phone? Son of a gun. That means you must uh, have to 1045. go. So I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate your time. Um, Our listeners appreciate your time. I'll let you shout out your stuff. It's still Tyler Bradfield um, for your Instagram and TikTok content, correct? You got it. Yep. At Tyler Bradfield. BHX Creative. Lots of really cool info. Um, Tyler, I appreciate you. I love you. And I'll get you that book. Same to you, man. Bye, guys.